When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500. And tell them you heard about this deal on 107.5 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA Air when you need us. AAA Heating and Air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Fireman with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And J.J. has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the 210 range. Uh, um, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the, of the Gamecocks. Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. The game. Two minutes after 11 o'clock on a Wednesday morning, and welcome back in to the Extra Point, the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour now here on 107.5 The Game. Pearson, Preston, Reese's Senior Bowl, dude in the weight room here with you, talking Carolina, Kentucky, Starting to look ahead to Texas A&M, the open week. Uh, but we have to start here. The most important topic we have hit on so far today has been Wyatt Campbell's belly, which <laughs> I didn't realize made the waves, no pun intended, that it did. Uh, we had Greg call in the last hour. Greg was not having it. Um, I'm here for it. Preston said, as long as you're playing well. And more than anything, I'm just confused because a couple years ago, college football made a big deal. Uniform changes. You weren't allowed to have crop tops. You know, something about socks. And just like some stupid, unnecessary stuff. But I guess the crop top is back because you reminded me the juice does crop top as well. I think he does. Yeah. It's, um, I'm in favor. I don't, I don't get the, I don't know. So, some of it's just like no fun with like the, you, like, I guess the professional sports leagues are worse. You can't wear this. I saw somebody joke on social media the other day. It was like a coach in South Florida whose son actually plays in the league and, it was some joke about winning the lottery or what would you do with this amount of money? He's like, I'd pay all the fees that players got <laughs> hit on for wearing something they're not supposed to wear. Yeah. I'm good with it. But you know another change? I've got, uh, not to take us off topic, I'm not going to do my opening monologue, but it's a little bit, it's something I didn't get to yesterday to go with like the Kentucky hate week thing. So Wes and I were doing GC Live after the game, our mm-hmm. podcast. 
and uh, we had a, a Kentucky stragglers in there. There were not as many in there as there were the previous week. They decided <laughs> why, not why to come out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but one did show up and said, "You guys, like we played, you guys have a a dirty team." Or you remember that, Wes? What what was it? It was like you have a yeah, something like that. Thank okay, you. so <laughs> Preston's like. Huh? Best compliment, best compliment I've heard ever. all year. I appreciate it. So he said something multiple times to me, and he was really on it. You guys have a dirty team. And so the rule changes that you were talking about, Pearson, made me think of this. So the the 2019 season brought in the new rule about blindside blocks, right? Which is a terrible rule. That's like just yeah. football. So yesterday I was telling you guys my take on the Antoine Wells play. And the reason I had to take is because I went back and I watched a video that let, they go ahead. Let me cut you off real quick. Nah, Let's give them some perspective. We're talking about the Antoine Wells block on the Jalen yes. Brooks touchdown run. The reverse. Not the Juice Wells touchdown run of his own. Continue. Yes. Yes, you're right. Thank you for that. Yeah, so Juice Wells decleated a Kentucky defender with a block. And the broadcasters were talking about how it might have been an illegal blindside block. And so I do have a take on that. I can I can give that later. But the funny part of it was I went back and did some research. What is the rule? Because I really didn't know what the elements were. They put out a video. Rogers Redding, who was the head of officials at that time, put out a video in 2019. And it was a compilation of here's what we want people to do in terms of blocking, which is basically running in front of somebody with your arms up mm-hmm. for a blind side block. You see punts and kickoffs a lot now. Yep. Then you, then they showed several examples of like, okay, I can see why they outlawed that blind side blocks as an example of what not to do. And the funny thing is one of the three examples that they used on the illegal blind side block was literally from Kentucky. I think the, pr- the previous season under Mark Stoops. Hmm. But South Carolina's got a dirty team. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, Andrew's going to hate, right? Like I said, thank you. <laughs> I'll take it as a compliment. Yeah. Because nobody calls a team dirty that you lost to. No. Nah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not. That's true. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that, that Wells block, I think it was a good no call. If they called it, I could have seen it. It wouldn't have been like mm. egregiously awful. Just be, I'm basing it on the elements. Yeah. I don't like that. Though. That doesn't need to be. He hit the dude yeah. in the front. It's that dude's fault if the, he doesn't have his head on his swivel. Yeah, the guy, the guy turned around. Yeah, so that that's where I, I wouldn't have been like, that's the worst call ever type of thing. Like, what was the, the Florida game where the guy's, like, literally blocking somebody, you know, on a pass, like, way down the field mm-hmm. while the ball's in the air? Not that egregious. I, I feel like, and I, you read, you read the, the rule, which even even if you read these rules, <laughs> it's like it's got like what's a catch and what's not. They're like, deliberately it, it changes. You know, it's it depends on interpretation. But um, it seems like if we're gonna be uh, kind of use some common sense here as well, which I realize doesn't always have a place in sports. Um, one thing I feel like they're trying to get rid of is that block where your guy, so your offensive guy, is going against the grain, like going back away from your end zone. Uh, like a true um, crackback block, I feel like. Whereas this, Preston's like <laughs> heart is hurting right now. I yeah. can feel it in the room. But this, they were running parallel, I feel like. So I, I wonder how much of an aspect that is in that 
this was not an unnecessary block for the play. This mm. block helped spring the play. Like, it wasn't something where you just lit the guy up because you could. Yeah. Um, I hope the NCAA rule has, like, these these physics, like, lines and momentum. and It doesn't. Angular acceleration and all these the, things. The, the rule is, you know, it, a blindside block is defined as a block that originates from outside the player's field of vision. All right. <laughs> so that doesn't make it illegal, though. The illegal part is if you forcibly contact the player and it was something about and not hurt his feelings not <laughs> not launching but but something of that nature and so on that block wells ran to the spot but then he kind of stopped right he kind of almost broke down and then the guy does get his head around so i don't think it met either of the elements really. it was also just a beautiful block yeah, it was a hold, great block hold that thought it's time for your chance to win $100 and qualify for the $25,000 grand prize in our $25,000 signing bonus contest. Just text the following national keyword to 95819. Your national keyword to text is... Bond. James Bond. B-O-N-D. Don't text James. You're not going to win anything. Bond. <laughs> text that national keyword to 95819. Standard text messaging rates may apply. Please don't text and drive. The $25,000 signing bonus contest on 107.5 The Game. Preston, you're potentially subject to blindside blocks your entire playing career. <laughs> and I think even you are anti that rule. How can you be defenseless on defense? There's no such thing as the defensive player. Yeah. We were running around all defense. This, what are we doing? Yeah, this is a wild play. We used when we used to um, when I was coaching at Blythewood. We used to go up to South Point, and they were full of all the South Point dudes. Many of which we know, many of which we do not know. Mm-hmm. And they would just set up the first punt return every game. And it would look like there was a sniper in the, in the <laughs> audience. And it would just be like, pow, pow, pow. And there would be like five flags <laughs> and players would be laid out. And they would just do it intentionally because every part return after that, your players would be running down like, please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. And, you know, I miss those days. I was wondering, <laughs> since with this new NCAA game coming out, mm-hmm. can, can there be a mode where you play with Old rules, <laughs> you know. That's like we, I want to, I want to play by the 2018 rules, or let's just have a little cowboy collar in this this game. You know what I'm saying? Is there is there something? Is there a lane for that? Yeah, because I don't want to just have like a normal play and run up to the quarterback and sack him, and like my computerized, <laughs> controlled character lands on the quarterback and they throw a flag for roughing the passer. Like he landed on him too hard in the game? Yeah. yeah well, that'd exactly. be Madden for sure would have that. Madden yeah. would definitely have yeah. that. It's like you got, you got to rotate the right stick really fast so that you roll off the quarterback so your full body weight doesn't go out on the... So when you're setting up the quarters, it's like five-minute quarters, all you know, all all pro or whatever, face mask, yes, cowboy collar, yes, chop block, yes. Blind Shot top blocks, blocks. yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Give me that. Give me that old nineteen seventy five football. Oh, gosh, two okay. days practice. Two days practice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Actually you can only you can only pick game. from the eye formation or the wishbone. Yeah. That's it. Have y'all ever played fifteen minute quarters in NCAA? <laughs> I'm sure I have. I I, I used to. Uh, we'd bump it up to about seven or eight. 
Yeah, yeah I played seven, seven or eight because that's the right balance fast. of accumulating mm. stats, but the games aren't too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did 15-minute quarters one time. Never again. You played the whole thing? Played the whole thing. I don't remember what year it was, but I remember my friend Joe and I had just watched a Carolina-Clemson football game, and Clemson had won the football game. So we turned the game off and fired up NCAA, I don't know, probably 07 or something, and um, set it to 15-minute quarters, put all the sliders up for Carolina, all the sliders down for Clemson, and like midway through the second quarter, it was like 288 to nothing, and the thing stopped counting. Therapy. Yeah. You broke the game. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, Which, by the way, last Friday was the, like, Hundred and something anniversary of uh, Georgia Tech beating Cumberland College two hundred and twenty two to nothing. Mm. I think it might have been the hundredth anniversary. Are y'all going to get the game when it comes out? Or I have to acquire a current gen game system, which I do not have right now, and apparently is harder to find than like something that's hard to find. <laughs> Buried treasure. Yeah, somebody asked on our online stream when it's coming out. I think it comes out next year, like probably next summer. I believe. So August, you have to August twenty three. If somebody wants to, you know, like give me a PS five for fun, I would appreciate it. There you go. I'm just gonna put that out there into the world. Um eight oh three four oh four sixty one hundred. Have you ever played a fifteen minute quarter <laughs> NCAA football game? <laughs> the bye week is know. here. Uh I yeah. know. I'm excited. Slide so much the other thing that I used to love and they stopped doing this, and this isn't like old school football, but old school NCAA. Can't remember when they stopped doing it. I remember doing it a lot in NCAA two thousand three. The line of scrimmage was like a solid line, and you could keep, if you turned offsides off, you would just keep running into the line. So you could start with a head of steam, like just outside the tackle, and get a sack like almost every time. And then they stopped doing that. Can I get football nerd really quickly? Because you just, while we're outlawing things and banning, yeah. we've already banned the pushing forward. What else did we ban earlier? Icing the kicker. Icing the kicker. Let's let's do away with that. No more pushing the pile. Also, you offensive coaches, y'all are starting to get real sneaky with these Canadian Football League motions. Mm. I see a lot more movement, people moving towards the line of scrimmage right before the snap, and the referees are not calling it, and I don't like it. I'm just telling you, I'm seeing it a little bit more. Matter of fact, don't we like we did it against Kentucky. That orbit motion a little bit. On the reverse. On the reverse. Yeah. It's sneaking into the game, and I don't like it. You're going to start seeing guys go back there 20 we, yards we're back. Get, we're getting towards Canadian football, and I'm just telling you, I don't approve of it. I always thought it was kind of cool. Of course you would. Just because it looks you don't have to. Awesome. You don't have to defend the dude that's running 20. 20- 20 miles per hour towards you, and you're standing still. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, maybe that's why Canadian football never cut on. That or the goalpost in the front of the end zone. Like and and you can't touch him. Even though you're standing still and he's some guy that can run a 4-4, gets a 20-yard head start, you cannot dare yeah. touch him. All you I'm saying is it's, it's sneaking into offensive football, and if we're not careful, <laughs> it's going to be out of control. Something to keep your eye on. Roughing the passer, icing the kicker, pushing the pile, illegal motion, crop tops, Yep. I didn't realize that was going to be the theme of today's show, mm-hmm. but it is. So that's mm-hmm. great. Uh, 803-404-6100. Love Chevy phone line, text line. Get all of us on Twitter, at Pearson Fowler, at Coach P Tweets, at West Mitchell GC, at GC Chris Clark. We'll get a few more thoughts on the Carolina-Kentucky game. Uh, most importantly, though, while we're on the subject, I have to ask Wes and Chris a, uh, a really serious either-or. Preston and I already discussed this. Got to get you two guys to weigh in next. 
It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 21 minutes after 11 o'clock on a Wednesday morning. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Reese's Senior Bowl, and Dude in the Weight Room here with you. In the Herndon Chevy Studios of 107.5 The Game. I want to remind you, keep listening to 107.5 The Game. We'll continue to give you chances to win tickets to go see Sticks at the township. It's like in April. It's like really far away. But you'll go ahead and have those tickets before they even go on sale. So go ahead and just keep listening to 107.5 The Game. It was Shay that won them earlier. And we'll have more chances for you throughout the course of the day. Shay Serrano listens to our station. How cool is that, guys? Um, no, I wish. Uh, Wes, Chris, I, Preston and I were talking about this earlier as we're talking about rule changes. I don't know why that's what we've settled on here on a Wednesday, but Preston is, as you might imagine, adamantly opposed to pushing the pile. So I suggested a possible alternative. Either one, you're not allowed to push the pile and everything else remains the same. Or two, you are allowed to push the pile, but there's no more forward progress and you're down where you're tackled, not where your forward motion arbitrarily stopped. Which one of those do you like better? Oh, God. Um, so when you say there's no more forward progress, you mean there's no more forward progress rule where, like, they blow the whistle. It's just literally where you hit the ground. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, a lot of guys, it's, you know, you're, you're running at the first down marker and, and you get hit and then you get pushed back three yards. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just three yards back. You don't get the <sighs> the credit for getting there because you – Got your ass pushed back three more yards. I feel like that would break the game. Um, I feel like there would be some unintended consequences to that. Um, so, I don't know. Help me out here, Chris. Is that the only option? Because so, I was going to merge them. So, so you can have forward progress. You can have forward progress, but... And you can push the pile, and defensive players aren't allowed to tackle offensive players? Well... And, and I'm, I'm probably making it a lot more complicated, but so there's a point where there's forward progress. The referee would have to like mark it or something mid play. Um, and so if you if you if if five guys are holding you up from falling down, and you've gotten to say the twenty, if they hold you up and they throw you backwards to the fifteen, you're not down at the fifteen. You're at the twenty. But if five guys are holding you up and they can't tackle you and you keep going forward to the 25, you get that too. You see what I'm saying? Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, but that's like you're down where you're tackled. Yeah, yeah, Press, yeah, but Preston I thought you say, were saying there's literally Preston there's you no... you can't have forward progress and let five offensive linemen push a quarterback sneak into the end zone. Or pull. Or pull. That's the new thing they're doing. They're pulling too. Yeah, we're like we're one half step away from the left guard and the right guard just converge on the quarterback pick him up, and just chuck him over the pile. <laughs> I would pay to see that. That would be awesome. Yeah, We're not far off from that. What that, was the first one? What was the, the bush uh, push? Yeah, that was the one. That's what I was thinking of, the bush push. It was awesome. I just think it would be fun. It's just like you're – because forward progress is so – it's so arbitrary anyway. It's like where did your momentum stop? Did he get there? It's it's impossible. I'm tired of reviews. Um, also, like one of my other biggest, biggest – holy cow – Talk about pet peeves. I was talking about icing the kicker earlier and how it doesn't actually ice kickers anymore. They're expecting to have the warm-up kick, and you need to just stop calling timeouts, and they're going to take the kick and miss it and be like, wait, I thought I had another one. (laughs) So stop. Stop icing the kicker. The other thing is when you get a first down and then you unget the first down to try to, like, run around and get more yards, 
Yeah, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like it's usually wide receivers running crossing routes and they're like right at the line. And then they're like, ooh, let me dip back here and try to get more yards. And then they get tackled two yards short of the sticks mm-hmm. and, and referees will give them the first down because of the forward progress. I think one, you shouldn't get the first down. And two, if you do that, if you're a pro, you should get cut. And if you're a college <laughs> athlete, you should have your scholarship provoked immediately. Yeah, but that the rule the rule there is that you don't get forward progress. If you if yeah. you purposely run backwards. Well, I mean, it depends though. Like sometimes there's like a there's a little gray area. There's there's like a, a statute of limit. It's it's like playing advantage in soccer. Like if it happens within one second, they'll give you the forward progress. But if you dance back there, then you're down back there. I think it happened in a Carolina game recently, actually. It's just like, man, like very few things in football drive me more crazy than watching a dude get a first down and then unget it to try to get more yards. Unget. Unget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good word. Wes, what's your biggest pet peeve in all of football since we're here? Oh, golly. Put me on the spot. Um, biggest pet peeve. I'm sure I have one, but is, there's nothing that just, I don't, well, I, I'll tell you, actually, I do know what it is. It's the red hat guy interrupting this great football game oh. we have going on um, and standing there for three minutes. I know. That's kind of a cop-out, though. Like, you're well, not going to you, not have the The cop-out is that you asked me on the spot <laughs> and gave me no heads up on West, this. But West, the West. Uh, The three-minute guy. All right, here's the How thing. How much football have you watched we, in your life? Here's you, know the thing. What, you know what you hate. Here's it. We can, we can fit the ads in nowadays creatively without yeah. actually going away from the broadcast. So give me... I'm much more apt if I'm watching on TV to continue watching a little bit. If y'all maybe gave, like gave give me something during the break, like, like the box and box. Yeah, give NFL me zoo. give me something entertaining during the break, and I might pay attention to the ads as opposed to using that as an opportunity to completely tune out for what's going on on uh, on the screen. Yeah. So. Um, all right, Chris, your your partner's not ready, so I need an answer from you. No, were you did you have no, something left on that? No, that's that's pretty much it. The best, I'm sure there's something else that's more, but since we're kind of on the spot, I I think it's still that we still don't seem to have any idea what targeting is. It's hmm. a good one, but we don't know. I mean, Decarion Joiner got destroyed. In the A and M game, in 2019. Yeah. Wow, how do you remember that? Destroyed. They looked at it for you know, I'm sure 25 minutes. Like yeah, they it was, always it was 30 do. to three, and there were three minutes left in the game, and it was a five minute review. Yeah, they took forever. Looked at it, saw him get annihilated in his head. Nah, we're <laughs> good. I mean, uh, I, I just yeah. I, I, well, I and the offensive just, players can't target either. It's like the quarterback puts his head down and headbutts you in the face. And the defensive player, oh yes, and I've, I've seen like the reverse cat thing. And I've I've seen a bunch where you're like, that's definitely targeting, and they're like, nah. Offensive players can't target. Offensive face mask. Why don't we call it? Mm. All these little offensive guys, they just want to put their arms out and they say they're stiff arming you, but they're really face masking you to the ground. Mm-hmm. But then if I grab their face mask, it's a penalty. Mm-hmm. Wonder who this game is set up for. Mm. They get it for they get offensive linemen with the illegal hands to the face, but they never call out on skill position players. Never. I do feel like I've heard more. It, it could be just you know I don't know recency bias or something. I do feel like I've heard more hands to the face in college football this season on yeah. offensive linemen. Yeah, because they only on linemen. Yeah, just on offensive linemen. That's yeah. it. But yeah, know. targeting targeting. We still have no 
possible. We have no idea what it no. is. I no. would say replay in general yes. in sports. I thought was a great idea when they brought it on, and it's actually pretty terrible yep. because they don't get the calls right, and it takes so much of the momentum and the flow out of a game. And uh, I mean, y'all know I watch a ton of baseball. Baseball MLB replay is the absolute worst of all the sports because they are scared to change a call. And then, but you stop the game, mm-hmm. and and in in football, it's like every other three plays. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go look at this spot. We're gonna yeah. go look at this. We're gonna. I, I think it needs to be a little more defined on what is worth taking all this time. And then the other thing, they will literally go to a commercial break and have had the three minutes with the red hat guy on the field. And then we'll turn around and tell the crowd, hey, previous play is under review. And then you watch the guy slowly jog over there to that little iPad. Now you're heating up, Wes. And then they review it for another five minutes instead of just, hey, guy over there, check this out while we're on the commercial break. Hey, guys, we looked at this. This is where the ball is supposed to be. Go play. There's a much more efficient way to do it. I, I, pro- I propose no timeouts. We don't need timeouts anymore, especially if your game is on TV. Mm-hmm. What do we need timeouts for? They stop the plays, plenty of opportunities. If you don't run out of bounds, you don't stop the clock, man. Let's keep it, Let's keep this thing moving. I'm fine well, with that. Every time, every time they go to break, it's a timeout. They have 10 of them a half. Get them out of here. The best part about that Carolina win over Kentucky on Saturday, that was a tight 200 minutes. We were out of there. It's mm-hmm. really nice. Not a lot of plays. What, one other thing, and it's not even a – well, it kind of is an on-field thing, and it's not just college football. I just thought of this as we were talking about officiating. The thing that irks me the most, and I'm not saying people should be, you know, slandered and show up at people's houses or whatever like people like to do nowadays, but the fact that the officials are like the only people anywhere in a stadium or arena that have no accountability for their actions is really frustrating. You know, fans have been kicked out of games for sometimes doing things they definitely deserve, sometimes not, not doing Mm -hmm. much, holding up a sign or something, you get kicked out of the game. Yeah. If a coach messes up, they're held accountable. Players get penalized, reporters get decked by Devontae Adams. Like, everyone has repercussions except for referees. So, and, And I was thinking of it because, you know, there was even some stuff where, I mean, Literally, like, the whole Don Staley, Frank Martin, like, the fiasco with Greg Sankey and and all that stuff in, I think that was 2018. Like, there was this SEC official that, I mean, didn't get anything, you know, but Frank Martin gets in trouble for breaking. He did break a rule, you know, by saying some stuff. Yeah, that's the official got nothing. That's the worst rule. And and then in the Southern Conference, I think it was earlier this month, they made their first, it was believed to be the first ever public reprimand of an of an officiating crew. Mm-hmm. Ever. They've gotten all the other calls right. I guess so. I guess so. So, you know, that, that kind of, I don't know what you do, but I remember the Sun Belt, they suspended a crew in 2019 for some stuff, but overall it's just kind of like, yeah. there's a lot of protection. Well, so, yeah, go ahead. Defensive backs waving their hands when the ball was clearly out of play and they act like they stopped the they act like they did something to them. Yeah. Or just like the ball skips 15 yards in front of the receiver and the DB's like nope. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that one. That yeah, one. Yeah. That's my friend Joe's biggest pet peeve. He's like, you did nothing. Why are mm-hmm. you celebrating? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let me get, let me, let me do real quick. Two plugs here. Soccer. No commercials. Mm-hmm. They have like the most profitable leagues in the world outside of the NFL. And they find a way to get it done throughout the course of the game. I think everyone can learn a lesson from that. Going hand in hand with your no timeouts thing. Also, Everyone complains about review. I've always defended review, but you're right. Like the fact that they don't even get it right is a huge problem with all the stoppages they take. Let me direct you again to soccer. The best possible reviews. If there's something that needs to be reviewed, they review it while the game's going on. And if there's no reason to call it back, then you keep playing and it never happened. And if you need to stop the game and, you know, go take a penalty or something like that, it's like, oh, we'll go do that now. You don't stop the game. And if you have to stop the game, you add on extra time yes. so that you're not wasting the time. Yeah. Oh, now there are fake injuries in soccer. Pretty bad. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's a problem. Everybody but it's not like that doesn't happen. I mean, like, like Kentucky does a ton of that anyway. So. Right, right. It is true. It has bled over. Yeah. Dirty, dirty team. I'm yeah. hurt. I'm hurt. Dirty team. Is anybody looking? I'm okay. Yeah. Last thing I will say on this, and I've suggested this before. It was several years ago. I was a neophyte on the airwaves. It was a half-baked idea. It's not any more baked than it is now, but I still believe it. Just call your own fouls. We don't need referees. We don't need timeouts. I want no rules in football. Call your own fouls. No way that nope. works. That doesn't work. Preston likes it. I don't like I, I It can't work because as you were saying about hands to the face, well, in my mind, I was thinking, well, the throat's not the face. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, you can chop them in the throat. They're not going to. So, oh, yeah. Any, so that, that mindset is pretty prevalent in football and they need some control of the chaos. I just want to see it. Just for a week. I just want to, just an experiment. Let's see what happens. 803-404-6100. Uh, guys, do you have any more thoughts from the uh, Kentucky game? Uh, rewatched last well, night. Well, I mean, not just, just, I just needed like a, a, yes or a no. primer. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 11.40 on a Wednesday morning. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson Preston, Wes, a.k.a. Dude in the Weight Room. Chris, a.k.a. Reese's Senior Bowl here with you. Talking about, I guess, things that aggravate us. I don't know why. I think we're all in a good mood today. Love this show. Yeah. Just a, just kind of a weird Wednesday. No game this weekend for South Carolina. Everyone has seemingly said their piece about the Kentucky game. Chris has a few more observations for us. Until a week plus away from the Texas A&M game. Although, um, noise, nothing confirmed yet. So we'll, we'll call it a developing, not even a developing story, a developing rumor. But the Kentucky... Excuse me. Texas A&M may be without their starter slash backup slash starter again quarterback in Haynes King. Of course, Max Johnson already out for the season. So it could be the third teamer, Connor Wegman, that the Gamecocks are facing one week from Saturday. A lot of time between now and then. And like I said, nothing confirmed out of College Station, but at least something to monitor if you're a South Carolina fan. And Chris, I, I said this to Preston earlier, but as much injury misfortune as South Carolina had last year, especially at the quarterback position, uh, it seems like they're getting it back in spades this year and at a extremely important junction of the season, potentially. Yeah, nobody would... Uh, honestly, nobody in Columbia should should feel sorry for any other team with the injury situation, the quarterback situation. And so, we don't know. I did see that Haynes King is uh, supposed to be doing... He's scheduled to be doing an autograph signing with a bunch of his teammates in College Station, I think on Saturday, this Saturday. And so, if anybody wants to travel to College Station, mm-hmm. ask him his availability... 
Yeah. See if he's got a rib wrap okay. on or something can like that. Can you sign this also? Can I poke you in the ribs? <laughs> yeah. Can you lift your arm up a little bit more? Go this way. <laughs> just say sign it up here. Can you sign it up yeah. here? Up here? Up here? But, I, I just uh, really admire your throwing motion. Can you go through a full range of motion <laughs> for me? Well, he, he does have an odd throwing motion, too. King? Yeah, I, I feel saw like a video his, the other day. It was like, he looked like the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it'd be, I feel like it'd be more painful for him because he goes so up high. Yeah. You know? Very high. But uh, he, he, he like, he's uh, trying to be like Udonis Haslam, just likes that high release, I guess. I think that's been, you know, Texas A&M's kind of a case study in how important quarterback play is. Like, they've got a very talented team. And look, they still, <laughs> I mean, they lost to App State, right? Played horribly on offense in that game. Uh, Mississippi State beat them. Mississippi State's beaten a lot of teams, made them look pretty bad. But um, they beat Arkansas because Arkansas, you know, we, we've covered that. They hit a field goal off the top of the post. Um, and they nearly, arguably, should have beaten Bama, right? I mean, it was very, very close. So this is still a very talented team, but the their inability to figure out the quarterback situation has hurt them, and they've played – Two guys so far. Max Johnson has either a hand or finger injury, I think, on his throwing hand. So he's going to be out for a while, potentially the season from what's been reported. Haynes King definitely looked at the end of the Bama game, and maybe this is what that's stemming from. There might be a real injury, but he definitely looked kind of worse for the wear at the end of that game. Connor Connor Wegman, Wegman, however you say it. I mean, this is a guy that was a consensus five-star quarterback, you know, in the – 2022 class but he has not thrown a pass and so like you said a critical juncture for South Carolina where they've got a few games in a row lined up that are winnable and if you can take a couple now you're now you're bowl eligible so uh, I think South Carolina fans and probably this team they're kind of smelling some blood in the water but I don't think this is a team that regardless of the quarterback situation you can't write it off I mean Devin A. Chain great back Got a lot of play. Evan Stewart is a freshman, amazing receiver. They've got a lot of talent on this team. Yeah, a lot of talent yeah. on this team. It, it might be two straight games of – wait, how do we say this guy's name? With Kai Sharon and then Wegman, Wegman. I think that's telling when you don't Wegman. know how to pronounce the quarterback's name. Uh, the other thing, though, and, and we'll have obviously more yeah. time later this week and next week to talk about Texas A&M, but just on the surface and, and having watched a decent amount of them this year, they, they seem just like a more extreme version of Kentucky where the defense is even better and the offense is even worse. And I have no idea what that means for Carolina. Well, I think it means uh, another exciting game, potentially. A-Chain, <laughs> probably one of my favorite players in the league yeah. and definitely yeah. one of the coolest last names mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, that dude's a monster. Yep. Um, but, I mean, we've talked about it for the last uh, week and a half, but how much does one win just completely change the vibe going into that game? I mean... Uh, you, you beat Kentucky, it kind of just flips um, the expectation for these three games. I feel like it takes some pressure off of South Carolina going into this game, too. And uh, you could tell instantly after the win, there were people on Twitter already talking about, like, let's go ahead and sell this game out. Like, let's try to do something to make it a special atmosphere. Um, you're, you kind of go into that game where I feel like, you know, fans were going to come to the game regardless, uh, especially 7.30 kickoff. But I think you're going to have some additional juice, a little extra energy from the crowd. See, you've been working on your uh, spots over there. But, yeah, um, yeah it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun. And it's a, it's now a winnable game. It just goes to show you, like, I look at these next three games. 
you probably would have said coming into the year, Carolina's not beating A&M. And you probably would have said, even though they've lost three in a row to Missouri, they should beat Missouri at home. And you would have knew they should beat Kentucky. <laughs> and you would have said, uh, you're always going to predict them to beat Vandy. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying, oh, wow, A&M, like, that's a winnable game. But you're also saying, watch out for Missouri and watch out for Vandy in Nashville because they're a little bit more scrappy than you probably thought yeah. coming in. Texas A&M should be 2-4. and four. Could be 2-4. and four. Um, Missouri should be 5-1. and one. Could very, and, Let's could not be. say should be. Yeah. Should be at least 4-2. and two. Should have could, beaten Auburn, that Georgia game. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe Georgia was always going to outlast Missouri in that game, but they fought like hell the whole time. Uh, I, I think going into the season, the stretch of Kentucky, Texas A&M, Missouri, and Vanderbilt, you said 2-2. Two and two. Is it fair to say that if Carolina's not 3-1 and one in that stretch now, it's a little bit disappointing? Probably a little bit, but yeah. you, you could still easily see 2-2. Two and two. It might just look different than you thought. Yeah. You know? like you, like that, they could still lose. I, I maintain 9-3. to three, They could still lose to Texas A&M. What do you mean? You mean to- like, like Texas A&M might still be... They might have their third-string quarterback, but the defense is good enough. Yeah. And that's going to be a low score. That could be 9-3. to three. Oh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if you meant, like, during the hours of 9 to 3, you believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I changed my opinion in the afternoon. No, but, uh, I mean, um, I could I could see it. I mean, I, my expectation, actually, I, I think, well, let's see what Vegas finds out about the quarterback situation, but I, I could easily believe A&M walks in here favored from a Vegas standpoint. Yeah. Like, that's not hard to believe at all. I think they will. I think, they, I think it's going to be a small margin, but that'd be my guess. But you're you're probably favored against Missouri if you beat A and M. Probably favored at Vandy, but um, that is, I mean, it's still a it's a tougher stretch than you thought. And like Wes said, like it's it's different than what you thought coming into this season. But you know, th- this has also been an interesting stretch because of all the different trends. I wrote about this a little this morning. Like Kentucky had won seven of eight. You you kind of got out of that funk, so to speak. But you've got some other ones in this stretch. Texas A&M, ever since they introduced themselves to South Carolina in 2014, they've won eight straight. And most of them have not been close. Uh, the, the, some of the early games were close. I think the last three is something like 122 to 23 um, and eight straight. And then you've got Missouri has beaten you three straight and Tennessee has beaten you three straight. Vanderbilt has not beaten you three straight, yeah. although they almost got one last season. But, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of streaks on the line in the next couple of weeks for Carolina. Uh, of course, more time next week to talk about Texas A&M for the Gamecocks this week. Self-scouting, getting healthy. We'll take a little more time in the next couple of days to really evaluate where this team is right now halfway through the season. 803-404-6100. Want to hear from you guys in the text line or the Love Chevy phone line. Any thoughts that you have? I uh, would love to hear from you. And you can get us on Twitter at Pearson Fowler, at Coach B Tweets, at West Mitchell GC, and at GC Chris Clark. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Eleven fifty four Wednesday morning and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris. Here with you in the Herndon Chevy Studios, 107.5 The Game. Wrapping things up here on a Wednesday. A little bit of an odd Wednesday. No Shane Beamer press conference. No coordinator availability today. And uh, this really is the last day 
that we'll talk about Kentucky really at all, other than just like, hey, remember when Carolina beat Kentucky finally? Uh, Chris, you said you watched the game again for the sixth time, seventh time yesterday, and still had some new observations, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, what'd you see? I, I, this isn't going to be anything groundbreaking at all. Not at all. But but one, another little thing I wrote about this morning, I, I don't think it should be lost on anyone that it's not really normal what Nicky Minwari and DQ Smith have done in secondary. It's not normal. You don't expect that anywhere. They they have played, I mean, part of it, right, is necessity, you know, in that they've played so much. But that they've played so well, I think, is something that everybody should be excited about, thankful for, all the all those types of emotions. Because, I mean, look, Nicky Minwari, like South Carolina signed a, a quality 2022 defensive back class. I mean, there are multiple four-star guys in there. Nick, except for the local people that knew how good he was at Irmo, and DQ, except for the local people who knew how good he was at Spring Valley, but weren't even sure about him transitioning to DB, aside from that group, everybody was expecting, okay, Emery Floyd, Anthony Rose, and Keenan Nelson, like these are going to be the guys that are probably going to play early, but these two guys came in, they weren't talked about as much. Kawan Banks, same thing. And they have ended up playing a lot and playing extremely well. Didn't even get here until the summer. They didn't go through spring drills, winter workouts. DQ's not played DB since eighth grade. Not only is he starting, he's now started at two different positions. Hmm. He's played safety and nickel. So he's, you know, an incredible. I saw his high school coach, Robin Bacon, was at Carolina's facility this morning. So it got me thinking about it. Um, played every snap against Kentucky. Yeah, and Nick, every, right? Yeah, yeah, every meaningful snap. So, I mean, that that was just something just that it wasn't like, a, you know, it's kind of more of a big picture takeaway watching that game. But, I mean, what a what a blessing for South Carolina. That those two have been able to come in and do that. Yeah. Well, we've stumbled onto a topic that bears a lot more exploring right now. And unfortunately, we don't have enough time for it. So we'll put a pin in this, come back to it tomorrow. But just just the how that happens. How does someone like that go under recruited? What did South Carolina do right in its evaluation? Of course, the players themselves deserve a lot of credit for being able to come in and get up to speed. Um, you know, Torian Gray, the group that he's done with some of those young players back there. We'll we'll uh, we'll save that for tomorrow as we take a little bit of a bigger picture look at the team heading into the open week. But that is all we have time for today. Appreciate you guys listening. As always, we'll be back tomorrow and the halftime show is coming up next. Ross Matthews talks to celebrities, friends and people with interesting stories to tell. Who's saying hello, Ross, this week? Chelsea Handler. I'm not home enough to have a third dog. My housekeeper basically is their parent. I'm not going to get another dog so that she has to take care of another dog until one of these dogs exits. It's a good move. I have three rescue dogs and only two hands. And when you're one person, that's too hard to do. I recommend two max. Okay. Use your foot, Ross. Hello, Ross. Available on YouTube or wherever you listen.